Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today as we study the Word of God. There are two ways you can reach us. First, by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Last week, we were studying and began a study on uh, the Apostle Paul, his life. And of course, as I've said many, many times, that Paul is the uh, wrote the majority of the New Testament. He is one of the main figures, though he starts out as a villain, as someone who was against the church, who um, herded the saints into the, the believers into prison, took them before um, the magistrates, before uh, the, the high priest there in Jerusalem, had them killed, had Stephen killed, and even testified of the same. But when he met Jesus, there was a change and there was something that God called him out for. And I believe this same calling is for every believer today. This that day. All of us should have a day. If you don't have a day that you met Christ, that you gave your life to Christ, that you surrendered to him and received him as Lord and Savior, then I would check my salvation. Because you can't be... Uh, uh, conceived into the into the uh into the body of Christ unless there is the receiving of Christ unless Christ is born in you and so as we study the word it's always about Jesus that's what journeys and grace is about that's what my ministry is about it's about preaching grace and grace is not only God's um his 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 undeserved unmerited favor in other words we can't earn it but also grace is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus himself. For the scripture says that uh, we are saved by grace through faith. And that's not, that's not of uh, ourselves. It's the gift of God. And we know from John 3.16 that God describes his gift. It says so because God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift this universe, this worth has ever ever this earth has ever and will ever the greatest gift that you will ever and could ever receive is jesus christ himself god's perfect gift for mankind and that's why many uh when they ask the question how could a loving god send a man or a woman to hell god doesn't send anyone to hell if the issue is whether you receive jesus or you reject him because you can't be good enough to go to heaven. I say it like this. Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. Go to hell. You know what they, know what they, the people hear that, they say, what do, you, what do you mean? What I'm saying is, when bad people receive Christ, they go to heaven. When good people who don't receive Christ, they go to hell. Because it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the, the, the tipping point for all. He, Jesus is not, he's not the, the, he's not the end one. He's, if you're thinking Jesus is the icing on your cake, again, I believe you should check your salvation because Jesus, God is not a co-pilot. That's why we call him Lord and Savior. He is our master, but he's a loving God. He is a, 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 a wonderful savior. He is a keeper. He's a shepherd. He wants to love you. God wants to get his best to you. That's why scripture says that he became poor that we might be rich. 
rich not only in health and in peace and in love, but God wants to bless you abundantly in material things. He wants the world to see Christ in you. And see, I believe that's what holds up many in the body of Christ is that we desire good things. We desire promotion. We desire uh, uh, the, the good things in this life. But the issue is, is will you accept Christ first? Will you make him primary? Because scripture says that, you know, that, 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 that Christ is the head of the church. He's head of the body. He is. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is King. First John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with, with God. It says all things were created by him. And without him was not anything made. And so many of you may be saying, so what does that got to do with Paul? Because Paul is the one that preached the, and, and introduced us to the gospel of grace. Yes, grace was given to Peter first. Peter had the opportunity and, and, and took advantage of it when he went to Cornelius. And he preached to him that salvation not only was of the Jews, but it also was of the body, but also to the Gentiles. But what Paul did was Paul took it to another level. And today we're going to read about and study uh, as we ended last week around verse number uh, chapter nine and verse 10 in Acts, Acts nine and 10. And we were where Paul had gotten himself. He had met Jesus. He had he, he was blind and he began to seek Jesus. He began to just follow the directions. God told him, uh, the Lord Jesus told him that you go to the street called straight. He said, I'm going to introduce you to a man, but you just go. And so Paul, Saul at that time, but his name later was changed to Paul. Saul had to allow himself and he had to surrender to Jesus and to, to follow his direction, to follow what the Lord had told him. See, this had to be faith. Paul had to begin to follow God by faith. And that's what our walk is. Hebrews 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's about us believing in Jesus Christ and what he is, what he's already done. Knowing that everything that you ask for has already been prepared for you. It's there. The question is, will you receive it by faith? Will you, do you believe? That God has already accomplished everything that when Jesus was on that cross, he bought, he purchased everything for you. He took on every sin. He took on everything, every sin that you could imagine, every sin that, you, that, uh, that you've done. He took on the sins that you haven't even done yet. He's already forgiven you for them. He paid the price. That's what he did. Jesus paid the price for every sin, for every evil thing that you will ever do in this life. The price has already been paid. The bill has already been paid because he shed his blood for every sin, for every man, for every woman, for everyone on this planet that, 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 that have died, that are living, and that are not yet born. Jesus' blood that he shed on Calvary was enough. That's what faith is. To believe that what God has, what, what, when God put his punishment on Christ, on that cross, that he paid the price for everything. That where you don't have to take any of the blame, you don't have to pay any of the price. 
The only thing God asks for us to do is to receive his son. And if you will receive Christ, he'll begin to work on the inside of you and to and, 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 and work out bad attitudes. He'll work out uh, 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 addiction. He'll work out evil thoughts. He'll work out meanness. He'll work it out of you because your spirit, he will he will make your spirit one with him, your spirit being perfect and whole and entire. And then he'll begin to work on that soul because the spirit man is ready. Corinthians uh, 5.17 says, uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That one new thing about you is your spirit man. He is just like Jesus. For as John said, John said 4.17 talks about how that we as he is, so are we in this life. In this very life right now, we have access to the kingdom of God and everything that lies within. The question is, do you believe it? And if you believe it, will you receive it by faith and then walk in it? No, you won't learn everything in one night. You won't learn everything. Uh, you, can't, you, you, you may have gotten saved last night and you wake up and you look the same. Be on the inside, you truly born again, your spirit man is ready because Jesus made you new. And this is where Paul found himself. So today we're going to go over and just read about some of the history and about who Paul, who, who was Paul? Who was this man that Jesus met on the road to Damascus? And let's read about here. We're going to go over to the book of uh, Philippians. Philippians uh, third chapter, and we're going to read uh, about the life of Paul. His name has been changed from Paul from Saul now to Paul. Let's just let's read a little bit about him. Philippians third chapter fourth verse, and it reads, "Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, this is Paul talking. If any other man thinketh that he has whereof he may trust in the flesh, I more." In other words, Paul saying that in my previous life. I was all that in the flesh. If you were grading people, you were grading them on their life. Paul begins to tell them that if anybody was going to trust in the flesh and what and, and the works that they done, he said, I was a master at, 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 at working out and depending on myself to work my way to, to the into the kingdom. And now Paul began to lay out the things that he had that were done to him and for him throughout his life and by him that enabled him to say, you know what? In the eyes of man, I was fulfilling the work and the laws of God. In the eyes of man. So he reads in the uh, uh, Philippians 3, 5. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Every Jewish boy uh, by law. By the eighth day, that's, that, that man child was circumcised. He says, I was of the stock of Israel. In other words, his mother and his father were Jewish. Of the tribe of Benjamin. One of the 12 tribes of, 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 uh, of uh, Jacob, of Israel. He said, a Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee. And as I've said in past lessons, a Pharisee was one who was trained in the Torah. The Torah being the first five books of the Bible. And many of them went on to study the Psalms and the Proverbs and the prophets. But for, this, for the nature of this, Paul was a, he says, I was a Pharisee. Of the Pharisees. 
And he said, read that again. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, rather a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and is touching the law, a Pharisee. And a Pharisee meaning that the Pharisee had memorized it to memory. They had committed to memory the first five books of the law. So they knew the law. They knew the do's and the don'ts. They knew uh, 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 the, the thing that was acquired of the flesh, how that they, many of them, you know, they, they, they kept the law. They, they, made, they, they tithed, they gave offering, they observed the Sabbath by not, or there were a certain number of steps or certain distances you could travel on the Sabbath day. No work on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day being the seventh day, which was Saturday. So all of these things Paul did because he was a Hebrew and a Pharisee. Then he goes on to say, concerning zeal. Now, zeal, if you're a zealous person, you're a committed person. You ever heard of somebody who, who just had a zeal for something? They had a, an, uh, an, an urgency that, you know, if you were a, 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 a pianist and you somebody who played the piano, you know, you, uh, most people, most kids, when they start learning the piano, whether, whatever age you are, you know, you have certain lessons and certain things that you should do between the day you, you practice on Monday, and by the, the next Monday, you should have went over the, uh, the lessons. And some people might have did it once or twice and make sure that when the teacher comes, they can, uh, they can practice. But a zealous one will not only practice that Monday with the teacher, they'll practice Monday evening, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening, Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday evening, and even Sunday. And when Monday comes, they have perfected not only what the teacher gave them, but they also would have gone beyond. And that's what a zealous person was. They would go beyond. We would call it above and beyond the call of duty. And Paul is saying concerning zeal, he said, I persecuted the church. Why? Because they considered Jesus a, a rebel. They considered him someone who was outside of the household of faith as far as they were concerned. And they were saying that because they did, because Jesus was of a uh, renegade sect. In other words, they were outside of Israel. They were outside of the law. They persecuted anybody that said that they were a Christian. And Paul was the chief one. He said, touching the righteous, which is in the law, blameless. In other words, he was one, as I described earlier, that went to Damascus, that went to other cities, that got a warrant from the chief priest and said, you know what? If whoever I find that's following this Jesus, either he beat them on the spot or he bound them and took them back to Jerusalem. They were beaten there because they were either going to deny Jesus or face the consequences of beatings or stonings. But whatever the case may be, whether it were man or woman, whether you had children or not, if you were found and it could and it proven that you were a believer and the way they would prove it is that would you deny this this uh this Nazarene, Nazarite rather, who was Jesus, do you accept him as Messiah? If you did, you were in trouble. So they're reading on. He said, concerning zeal persecuting the church, took them to the righteous, which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. And he goes on to say, he begins to talk about his life afterward. But I just want you to get a feel for this man. And we're going to read a little bit more about him over here in Corinthians, I mean in Galatians, before we go back to Acts. Now here in Galatians, we're in Galatians first chapter, going to start reading around 13th verse. Again, talking about the past history of Paul. So you have some idea 
about who this man was. And Paul begins to say in Galatians 1.13, For you have heard of my conversations in time past in the Jewish religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. In other words, he was saying, I made, I made them scatter. See, when you waste something, that means you gather it up and you spread it out. You know, like someone will give you some water, you just take it and just throw it out the glass. Well, that's what he was doing to the churches in Jerusalem and cities round about. They were determined to beat this, this, uh, this, this new religion with the stomp it out, to beat it out. And to, if you were a believer, they were determined that, you, that, that, that whatever they found believers in Christ, they would persecute you and make you give it up or they were going to, or you're going to surrender your life because of your belief and faith. So let's read on. He said um, in the 14th verse, and profited in the Jewish religion above many my equals in my own nation. Again, Paul was zealous, being more exceedingly jealous of the traditions of my father. Now this, if you just think about this, Paul was following the traditions of the law. But see, at this time, he didn't have the knowledge that the traditions of the fathers, that time was over. There was a New Testament now that was in force. Before, Moses had wrote the laws and Moses passed on. Now, Jesus came bringing and speaking of grace and the love of God and that he was the fulfillment of all the prophetic prophecies, that he was the chosen one. He was the one. He was the, not only uh, uh, a prophet. He was not only a priest. He was not only uh, uh, a king. He was the son of the living God and he came to pay the penalty. And if any man would believe in him, he would have eternal life. And that's what Jesus came to do. And this is what Paul came to uh, destroy. But what was holding Paul up and what blinded his eyes. You just think about what happened to Paul at his conversion. At his conversion, he had scales over his eyes. That's the very same way that many of us were. We had our own way. Many of you, we, you went to church. You were a churchgoer. And because mom and dad went, because this is where grandma went, where grandpa went, we went. Well, I can't say that because I, was I wasn't a churchgoer. But my point being that we follow traditions. But when you meet Jesus, that's when the conversion happens. That's when the change that should be a change in the old you and the new you. They, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, because the scripture says, whether you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongue or not, the Bible says in the book of Romans, in the Romans 8th chapter says, that any man that hath not the Spirit of God is none of his. So in other words, when you get saved, you receive the, you receive the Holy Spirit. You may not want to receive or hadn't been taught about the baptism of it, but every believer on this planet that has received Jesus Christ as their Lord, they receive their Holy Spirit on the inside. It's up to you whether you receive the baptism or not. But all of us have him, if you're a believer. And it goes on to say, but when it pleased God, 15 verse, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Paul said, I was separated from my mother's womb. I was called to be a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us, you know, you know God is calling you. 
You know there's a call in your life. You may not be called to preach. You may not be called to teach. But you are called to be a believer. We, the body of Christ needs people in politics, education, in business, in, in, uh, in ministry, in entertainment. Wherever there are people, God wants his people there shining the light so that they can see a difference in who, who you are and who they are. That's where the, 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 uh, that, that God wants us to be as believers, not that we become like them, but that they will become like us, like us. Because we have the light. And you don't have to know every scripture. But yet, it only requires Jesus on the inside and you with a testimony. Scripture says we overcome by the words of our testimony. We defeat the enemy when we testify that, you know, I used to be in the streets. I used to live that life. I used to be addicted. I used to be bound. I used to be. Bored. I used to be uh, 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 just, just a churchgoer, just, just someone who, who just marked off the, every Sunday. But when I had met Jesus, I, he helped me to form a relationship. I found out that he wanted to talk to me, that he wanted me, he wanted me to get to know him. That's what being a, a believer is. It's not just checking off every Sunday. Oh, yeah, okay, I got, I got my attendance button because I didn't miss a Sunday this, this, uh, this year. I just hadn't missed a Sunday in the last 10 years. But on the inside, you're still just as mean, as evil, as lonely, as depressed, feeling forsaken, abandoned. Don't know who you are or where you're going or what your purpose is. But in Christ, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is here. And this is what Paul is saying. He learned all of this after he met Jesus. All that education he had, all of the learning, having sat in the Jewish schools from a young boy. And then like most of them, they use around 13, 14. They went on to learn their trade. But, but Paul, but Saul who became Paul later on, he kept going. He went to the a religious school and became a Pharisee and became a professional Christian. And there are so many who are professional Christians, but they never experienced Jesus. They never experienced the love of God. That's what the relationship, a relationship is all about. It's about you experiencing love, experiencing belonging, experiencing peace. Experiencing, knowing that God is, it loves me and I love him and have an assurance that if I left this life, this moment, that I'll see him on the other side. Not because I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in who he is. And that if he said it, I trust him that he's going to fulfill it. And see, when you have a relationship with someone, you know their voice. You know how they act. You know how they feel about you because you formed a relationship. You formed a bond. But if you don't have Christ in your life and you're just a goer, like this Paul, the professional, professional uh, 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 Pharisee, he did not have this. And because he didn't, he was doing things that he thought 
was the will of God. That's what Jesus said. He told the disciples. He said, there'll be some who will kill you, who will beat you and think they are doing the will of God. And that's who Paul was. He was one of those very people who thought he was doing the will of God by beating, consenting to their death, by hunting them down like animals and dragging them back to church and say, I, I, got, I got some, add these to my quota. But there was a change when he met Jesus. So this is the man that Jesus met, or rather that Paul met on the road to Damascus, going about to fill his quota, not knowing that he was persecuting his very Lord and Savior. He was per persecuting God and didn't even know it. How many of us are on the wrong road? You think you, uh, you're doing God's will and you find out. Don't let it be at the judgment to where you who considered yourself as being, oh, I, you know, I did this, I did that. Your good works won't get you into heaven. I don't care how many good, I don't care how many homeless you feed, how many uh, 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 sick people you visit, how many sick visits you have, how many tracks you pass out, how many uh, services you attend. None of those things will get you into heaven. What will enable you to meet Christ in peace is whether you believe in him. That's why I said, bad people who believe in Jesus go to heaven. Good people who reject Christ and depend on their own goodness. I've done enough. I don't need God. I'm good enough. What I've done. And they never form a relationship with him. They never receive Christ as their Lord and Savior are going to get a shocking surprise when they meet him in the judgment. But let's go on. Let's go now back over to the book of, uh, book of Acts, ninth chapter. And we, again, we stopped last week around verse number 10. And I'm going to read some today. Are we, uh, uh, we're going to read some in Acts 10. Let me get there real quick. Acts, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 9, verse 10. And now... As I said a few minutes ago, Paul now has been taken to Damascus because he's blind. And the Lord told him that there was going to be a man that was going to come to him. And he's going to lay hands on him. And now God, the Lord, our Savior, through the Holy Spirit, now is getting that man ready to go out and meet Jesus. Let's read. Acts 9, chapter 10, verse. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. Jesus, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, the Lord will speak to you in an audible voice. And make sure when he's got something for you, God will make sure you, 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 under, you understand his instructions. So many times he can take you through, he, he'll take you through the scripture most times. But he can speak to you out loud. He can give it, give it to you in a dream. He can have someone come up and testify of it. But whenever the Lord speaks, you need to check it out with scripture. If it does not, if it's not something that Jesus purchased for us through grace, then you, I would not receive it as instructions from God. To give you a, a, just an outlandish uh, example, if you marry and you see a, uh, another lady cross the, uh, cross the way to the church and, and you hear something say, oh, there go your wife. And you know you've been married for 15 years. 
Oh, that's my wife. I heard something say it. No, God doesn't do that. But he's God because he's not an author of confusion. See, that's outlandish, but some people actually believe that. You know what? I'm, I'm going to get rid of this one. Go get another one. But that's not God, how God operates. But I won't go into that, but that's some other scriptures I can, I can uh, give you for that. But let's go on. Um, and it says in the 10th verse that, um, and Anna said, and he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, arise, go to the street, which is called straight. Inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man. Behold, and rather how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on your name. And see, this is what relationship does. Jesus told him, I got something for you to do. Ananias didn't say, I, no, Lord, I'm not doing that. But what he, he's saying is, Lord, give me some instruction. He was asking for instruction. So, Lord, this is the same man that barked out all these threats. And not only threats, if he catches you, he's going to take, if he takes, if he's not, if he's still the same man that was, that was a, a few days ago, if he has that same spirit, I'm going to be taken back to Jerusalem. I'm going to be put on trial. But Jesus just kept talking to him because the Lord knows what it takes for you. I wonder who else got the Lord talked to. I wonder what other disciples there were in Damascus. Because there were others because they were, uh, they were scattered abroad because everybody was knowing that Saul was out to capture every, any and every believer he could and drag them back to Jerusalem. I would imagine there were some other people the Lord spoke to. But Ananias was one that heard, and now we're going to see him obeying. And, it's, and down in the uh, 15th verse, it said, but the Lord said to him, go your way. In other words, the Lord said, it's, it's time to get moving now. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. And the Lord, he's told him with some authority. He said, I got a job for him. I need you to go do this. Again, whenever God has something to say to you or get a message to you, it may come from the preacher. It comes from the Sunday school teacher. Whatever and however God wants that message to get to you, he's going to make sure you plainly understand. See, there was no doubt that this was Jesus because Ananias knew his voice. That's why he called him Lord. And see, that's what a relationship will do. When you have a relationship with someone, when you hear their voice, you, you know it's them. I know when many times, many times when I, when I don't want to do it. And there are times when I've said, Lord, are you sure? Of course he's sure. I'm the one. <laughs> the same because I don't, I, you say those, you say those words when you say, uh, I really don't want to do it, but because you say that, I'm going to do it. But I'm learning. As one of my brothers says, uh, I'm still green and growing. I'm, I'm not there yet. But I've learned his voice. And when I hear it, I know that's him talking to me. Whether it's something I, I want to do, I know it's something that he wants me to do. And so I willingly 
do it. And so he says, um, in the, in the, in the 15th verse, he says, for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. He says, I will show him great things that he must suffer for my name's sake. And it says, Ananias went his way, entered into the house, put his hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto you in the way that when you came has sent me that you might receive sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says immediately. See, when God spoke to him, he he showed a sign. He, a sign came because the Lord said a man is coming. He only hands on you and you're going to receive your sight. And Ananias came, laid hands on him and he received his sight. And it says. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he says in the 18th verse, immediately there fell from his eyes as he had been scales. And he received sight forthwith, arose, and was baptized. And when he received strength, meat brother, he was strengthened. And then was saw a certain day with the disciples, which were at Damascus. Can you imagine? The, 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 not only the, 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 the Noah's is getting ready to be sounded. Because... Now, God's got his man. Now, we, went, we read ahead in Philippians and in, uh, and in Galatians how Paul was looking back, seeing how that his life was changed, how God had a plan for him. That's the same thing that God has, every, has for everyone that hears my voice today. That's why we're studying this, this, uh, this, this, this subject or this, this lessons of Paul. And wanting to know how that these were men and women just like we are. Just like you are. Just like Mary. There are many. No, we don't. I don't. They're not going to be another virgin birth. But the circumstances that led up to Mary receiving the spirit. Mary could have, uh, Mary could have rejected the Lord. But she chose to receive it. And we'll, and I hopefully, I prayerfully will, will, uh, will teach on that soon. But what I'm talking about today and what God had, had, had brought to us through Paul, whose name was Saul, was because when he heard the voice of God, he did not reject it. He did not say, oh, I don't believe that. But God made it plain for him that I am doing these things because I'm calling you. And as we read on, we'll see. That it didn't just happen, you know, when we read the book of Acts, it looks like these things happened over a matter of weeks. But history says that uh, from the first of Acts to the end of Acts, that's about a 30 year span. And I'm going to show you some of this and we're going to read scriptures on this. Well, it says how there were years between Paul going from this place to that place because God was making him, getting him ready, knowing because God sees the end from the beginning. He was preparing this man because he said, what? I'm going to have you before the people. I'm going to take you under kings because you have been set for me. I'm setting you. I'm, I'm preparing you for the Gentiles. I'm preparing you for the, to go before kings and before the children of Israel. Because God was, was getting him ready to receive his word. It's not about the life you used to live. The old man is gone. And his deeds. There's a new man on the inside. As we used to, as, as it said in the word, there's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Jesus. And as we yield to him, 
He will show you great and mighty things. He will show you in a way. As you begin to study his word, meditate on who he is, and learn that Jesus loves you. God gave us his best. He gave us Jesus. He did not spare his own son. Then why wouldn't he give us everything? This is, I believe, Romans 8.32. If he gave you the best, what's a house? What's a car? What's a job? He gave you his son. His only. Why wouldn't he give you the thing that you need in this life to be a success? He won't reject you. We need only to believe. I pray you got something out of this message today. I pray that as you read it and study these scriptures, that and we'll put some, these notes into the um, uh, subject of this, uh, of this message. I pray that if you don't know Christ today, know that as he had a calling on Paul, so that he has a call on your life. And if you would yield to him and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you now. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that your body was beaten and broken for me. I believe your blood was shed for me. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again the third day. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me those things I did not do right. Because Lord, I believe that you are a loving God. And I believe today as I repented, as I receive you as Lord and Savior, I am a part of the family of God. Now, I pray that you would go and begin to read the scripture. Start reading in the book of John and reading Acts all the way to Revelation. But just read the scriptures and learn and just let the Lord teach you. Let him patiently take you as a shepherd does a sheep. And you will see him do great and mighty things. And I pray for my sisters and brothers who may be hearing this message. Learn of him. God has great things for you. Whether you've been saved five days or 50 years. Jesus is here right now. If you are still breathing, he will make your latter days greater than your former. He's able to renew your strength. He's able to, to enable you to mount up wings as an eagle. That you will triumph and that we will end this life. We decide, Lord, I finished the work. Now I choose to go home. Oh, Lord, I want to see you. I want, Lord, to see you. In the, I want to see the rapture. I want to be here when you come back to this planet. Father, let me have long life, healthy life. I want to see my grandchildren, Lord. I want to see my great-grandchildren, Lord. You have this right. Because Jesus said, I give you a long life and length of days. No, I don't know when the rapture is coming. But I believe it's going to come in our lifetime. But if it doesn't, I'll see you when you, when you, when you all are raptured. But I will say this. God is so good. He is so kind. Receive him as your Lord. If you have him, let God become Lord. Let Jesus be Lord and Savior of your life. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord God, that as we end this teaching today, thank you for your people and those who hear this message. Lord, I pray that they will go deeper in your word. Their, eye, their eyes would see, their ears would hear, and their heart would perceive what you say to them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. 
to the next broadcast. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen.